leadership coach and licensed professional counselor. After counseling hundreds of clients about the topic of intimacy, I decided to write Love and Sex, a Christian guide to healthy intimacy. Love and Sex is filled with life-changing, compelling stories to help us all reconnect to love and is biblically based on the truths of God's Word. Get your copy now of best-selling author Nancy Houston's compelling new book, Love and Sex, A Christian Guide to Healthy Intimacy. Available now at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. Back in 1964, Congress passed and LBJ signed into law the Civil Rights Act. It was landmark legislation, hastening as it did the end of segregation, a dark era in our nation's history. Title VII of the Act prohibited employment discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, national origin, or sex. In our contemporary politics, there's an effort to redefine and reload what the word sex means. Is it something objective, grounded in biological realities, or is it simply what an individual says it is? ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom, is fighting a case in Michigan that could soon be before the nation's highest court based on exactly this. Can we take away the objective grounds of sex, male and female, without an act of Congress? The stakes in the law and the culture could not be higher. I'm Hugh Hewitt. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate program. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Money 105.5. Views expressed on the following program are not necessarily those of this station, its owners, staff, or management. The following program is sponsored by Simply Great Lives. Welcome to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This show is about you, your life, your impact, and your legacy. Now your hosts, John and Rena. Hey, welcome to the Impact Hour. This is the show where the measure of your life is not based on the lifestyle that you gained or the status you've acquired, but based on the imprint you make in the world and on people. Today's episode, we're going to talk about emotions. From TalentSmart.com, they have done some studies and said emotional intelligence is responsible for 58% of your job performance. That's a lot. And 90% of top performers have high emotional intelligence. It seems like this emotional thing is important. I know in our society, we often really emphasize this thing called IQ or this intelligent quotient. And uh, I know I've been places where, you know, I'm looking around going, okay, I'm the smartest guy in the room. And uh, finding out that maybe that's not the most important thing uh, for me to have. And I'm learning to have much more emotional intelligence. So I grew up uh, in an environment where emotions were not talked about a whole lot. Most folks didn't seem to have much emotion in my household, although occasionally they did, like many people. But I received a lot of messages, either verbally or otherwise, that anger was bad, sadness needed to go away quickly, And even exuberance was just too much. I needed to tone that down. And I shouldn't make decisions based on emotions. In general, I felt like the fewer emotions I had, the better. And I've decided that ignoring and stuffing my emotions isn't helping me. And lately, I've been learning how to feel. Maybe kind of as the first time, really kind of taking a deeper dive into these things called emotions, trying to work on my emotional intelligence, or sometimes referred to as EQ. So a part of this show is really what I'm going to share, what I've been learning about emotions and what I've been experiencing. And just so you know, I don't feel like I'm a complete expert on emotions. I'm going to share what I've learned so far, but I'm sure there's more to learn than I've learned so far I'm just going to share you a little bit about what I've learned and a little bit about my journey as well. There's an article online that I found. I found pretty interesting and is titled 11 Signs That You Lack Emotional Intelligence, also from TalentSmart.com. So the 11 signs you lack emotional intelligence. Number one, you don't get angry. Two, you get stressed easily. Three, you have difficulty asserting yourself. Four, you have a limited emotional vocabulary. 
Five, you make assumptions quickly and defend them vehemently. Six, you hold grudges. Seven, you don't let go of mistakes. Eight, you often feel misunderstood. Nine, you don't know your triggers. Ten, you blame other people for how they make you feel. And eleven, you're easily offended. If you can relate to some of these signs, I know I do, then today's show perhaps is for you. So I wanted to start out just by talking about what emotions are. What are these things we call emotions? If you just ask somebody off the street, they might have a really hard time describing what, what is an emotion. When we have them, we recognize we're experiencing emotions, but what are they? And trying to describe what an emotion is can be kind of elusive. So I've done some digging, and emotions are more than one thing. There's a number of things involved in what we call an emotion. Maybe that's why it's hard to describe. But it includes sensations in the body. When someone is feeling feelings, uh, I can ask them, where does that feel in the body? And usually they can point to a place. You know, it'll be in the chest or a tightness in the throat or maybe a tension in the shoulders or in the gut. It can be in different places depending on the emotion. But emotions usually have a physical component to it. There are sensations in the body. They also include thoughts in our mind. All woven into these emotions includes what we're thinking at the moment, includes our beliefs uh, that we kind of hold in general about you know how things work or maybe the motivations of people It includes what is going on in our minds. And then a big part of the emotion is a label that we've assigned to it. A lot of times, or maybe sometimes, we have a physical sensation in the body, and the sensation in the body is exactly the same between a number of different emotions. So you often can't just point to see this is what I'm feeling in the body, and so that means I'm feeling such and such. Uh, it might not be conclusive that way. So, for instance, anxiety and excitement often feel the same physically. And the only reason we would label one anxiety and another excitement has to do with what's going on in the moment, the context we're in, and what's going on in our minds. And that would kind of indicate what sort of label we would assign to it. So if you're standing in line about to get onto a roller coaster, you might label that as excitement and maybe there is a bit of anxiety included in excitement so you might feel butterflies going on but you're really excited to get onto that roller coaster you kind of can't wait to get on there Um, or maybe you're late for a very important point appointment and you've got those same butterflies going on and this one you'd label as anxiety and that just has to do with the mental state that you're in as to how you would label it In a way, emotions are just energy flowing through us. So sometimes when we're feeling an emotion, it may feel like that emotion will last forever, but it won't. It will pass. And so sometimes it's useful to just think of it as just energy flowing because in our minds we see energy flowing and it comes and it goes. And so emotions can be viewed that way. Uh, Don't have to feel like we're being hijacked by the emotion. We can just experience it and let it flow through. And the more we let ourselves experience the emotion, the faster it passes. At least that's my experience. When I'm in resistance to the emotion, it seems to last a whole lot longer. And it's good to distinguish between an emotion and an experience. Oftentimes when I'm working with people and I'm coaching, I'll ask, you know, what are you feeling right now? And instead of a feeling, they describe an experience they're having. And those two things are not the same. So emotions are things like, I'm feeling sad or fearful or angry or shame or happiness. And uh, a typical man can identify the emotions of angry, happy, and drunk. No, just kidding. (laughs) Um, So an experience is something like feeling exasperated or you say this feels terrible. And those are not actually emotions. Those are an experience which may include an emotion Uh, So you could say, I'm feeling exasperated, and in my exasperation, I'm feeling hurt and angry. Or maybe you say, this feels terrible. Maybe that includes a lot of anxiety. 
Um, so the emotions and experiences are not the same thing. In my journey, I found that we have lots of words for emotions, and yet it still doesn't seem quite complete. That there are emotions that I've experienced where I have a hard time putting a label on it. I mean, I sort of can. I can say, you know, this sort of feels sad or this sort of feels shameful or, or whatever. But those don't quite feel like they capture exactly what I'm experiencing. And so it's kind of like, in my experience, having words, if you were to match it by color, to say I had words for green and words for blue, and I'm experiencing teal. I'm going, well, it's sort of green, it's sort of blue. I'm not quite sure what that is. And so it is, even though we don't have a complete vocabulary of emotions, at least not the way I've experienced it, it's worthwhile learning to identify your emotions. And we'll talk about that some more right after this break. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Move through your world, touching lives and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. You're listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5. Know your impact. Make it great. Hey, welcome back to the Impact Hour. Today we're talking about emotions and a little bit about my journey of becoming more sensitive to my emotions, more aware of them and increasing my own emotional intelligence. I'm on this journey. I don't think I figured it all out yet, but there's a whole lot I have figured out, and I thought I would share a little bit about what I'm learning on my journey. So when I grew up, I was kind of taught through messages that emotions are bad. Now, it's not like someone said, hey, emotions are bad, you shouldn't feel those. Not like somebody sat down and talked to me about that. It was just all the ways people reacted to emotions. You know, for instance, if I was upset or hurt or sad or angry or whatever, oftentimes people would rush in and try to take care of that as quickly as possible. And mostly I think that was because people around me were uncomfortable with the emotions I was experiencing and they had a need for it to go away. Maybe not always, but it seemed like frequently that was what was going on. And so I got the message that emotions really aren't that great, that if I didn't have emotions, things would be a whole lot better. And uh, for instance, you know, one of my grandmas, uh, she certainly didn't tolerate emotions, say things like, you know, if I fell off, you know, I'd uh, kind of tightrope walk a fence that she had. It wasn't too tall off the ground, but sometimes I'd fall off and, you know, scrape my knee and and, uh, I'd cry. And the grandma would come out and say, hey, big boys don't cry. Quit that. So that was definitely a message, you know, don't cry. At At least that kind of emotional response isn't good. And uh, so I've worked at uh, trying to change my view of emotions. So I've changed it. So I've decided that emotions aren't good. They aren't bad. They just are. So if I'm feeling hurt or sad or angry, I just am in that moment. And then being in acceptance of the emotions helps. It helps me to be able to look at the emotion and go, okay, what is this emotion and where is it coming from? And what do I need to pay attention to because of this emotion? And so not being in judgment of my emotions makes me freer to be able to experience them and actually take a look at what is actually going on with me. So I think that emotions 
in a way, are good. They're good in that they can warn us of things going on. So when you're someplace uh, and you just get a feeling that something's not right, maybe you've uh, taken a, a wrong turn down an alley or you've driven down a street that you didn't really intend to or you're kind of lost, you look around and go, ooh, this doesn't feel right. Well, you might be having some anxiety going on, and that might be a good thing. That might be warning you that, hey, watch out, this might be dangerous. Or other emotions, too. You know, when we're feeling other emotions, it's good to pay attention. What is the emotion, you know, really, really telling you? Kind of like when you put your hand on a hot stove, you jerk it away because there is pain. And just like that response, emotions can warn us that things are going on that we should pay attention to. And even if we are reacting to something that's not really going on in the emotion, like a lot of us may do, and I know I've done this before, where I'm in a situation, I'm bringing in some experience from my past into the current present situation, and I'm having an emotion based on that. Even that is warning me and telling me, hey, there's some hurt that happened back there, and instead of just ignoring it, maybe that needs attention. So if I'm conditioned to feel fear and hide whenever someone raises their voice, for instance, maybe I'm getting hijacked by emotions. That's not what I want. But the emotions are telling me that there is some experience there that needs some of my attention. So I think emotions are good in that they can warn us. Emotions can also connect. One of the things I've discovered, uh, at least the last, I don't know, four or five years, is by not having many emotions, at least historically, I found I was not able to connect with people as well as I can now when I'm more open and accepting of my emotions. And it works in two directions. So if I'm not experiencing emotions... Uh, and I'm not, well, probably the more, the bigger truth is I am experiencing emotions and I'm not sharing them. So if I am experiencing emotions and I'm stuffing my emotions, I'm hiding them and not letting them out, which is probably more of the truth, uh, then when I'm interacting with people and I'm hiding that, I get a sense that people don't really get me. People, in fact, aren't getting me. They're getting some kind of facade that I'm putting out there. I'm hiding what I'm really experiencing. And so I get a sense of being isolated. When we stuff our emotions, when we try to hide from them, try to not experience them, it can become an incredibly lonely experience. On the other end of it is being able to experience our emotions and being sensitive and open to other people having their emotional experience, it allows us to have kind of a, a connection with someone else when they're going through a tough time. And so when we're able to be with our emotions, then we're also then able to be with someone else in those same emotions. And so in that space, then, we can say, hey, it looks like you're feeling and then put in whatever you feel like they're feeling, or what you think they're feeling. It looks like you're feeling sad. It looks like you're feeling hurt. Or if I were in your shoes, I would be feeling a little bit shameful. Is that what you're experiencing? And so by connecting to the emotional part of the experience, it really opens us more to the whole human experience. Rather than just the world of facts and figures and what's going on, we get to connect with people at more of an emotional space. What I've discovered is if someone is going through a tough experience, rarely do they want us to fix it. I mean, how many times have you had a, a struggle and you shared it with somebody and you are happy that they jumped in and tried to fix it right away? When I ask folks that question, usually people go, nope, I can't relate to that really. Although they can relate to being on the other end, wanting to fix someone else's problems. We rarely want someone to really fix it for us. What we really want in that space is just a connection. We want someone to go, yeah, I get it. I've been there. You know, I feel what you're feeling. They want that kind of connection with us. So folks, when they're going through a tough time, rarely do they want us to give advice. Rarely do, we, do they want us to fix it. And when we do try to fix it, we are giving them the subtle message that, it's not okay for them to feel that way. And 
if you are trying to fix it, maybe that's something to look at. Perhaps your need to fix it is an indicator that there's some something going on there, that you're uncomfortable with that emotion, and maybe it'd be good to look at that. So what people really want when they're sharing a tough thing is they want us to listen really good and say, I understand, I felt that way too. And we come alongside and they feel like they're not alone in their struggle, and that's enough. We don't need to point out a silver lining, oh, it's really not that bad, oh, you think that's bad. Let me tell you about something I went through. Boy, that doesn't really work at all. (laughs) So even better than relating to someone's emotions, and this is something I've been working on a lot lately, is to learn to actually step into empathy. Sympathy is where someone is sharing an experience and an emotion, and you go, yeah, I can relate to your emotion. Whereas empathy is you have a chance to actually feel it with them. Now, my wife used to talk about empathy and talk about this and that, and I'm going, I don't, I don't get what you're talking about. You know, All I can relate to is, yeah, they're, what they're feeling makes sense to me intellectually. But she'd say, no, empathy is different. You get to feel it with them. And I'm going, oh, okay, whatever. I don't get that. Uh, but today I do. And with empathy, we can relate even more where we can actually be feeling with them. We can be feeling what they're feeling. And when we feel what they're feeling, some people might say, well, you're not really feeling what they're feeling. You're feeling something inside you that resonates with them. And yeah, okay, that's fine, whatever. But when we have an emotional experience alongside with them, we get to actually share something that's pretty deep and meaningful. Now, when we are feeling empathetic, it is possible that what we're feeling is not quite the same as what they're feeling. So we probably shouldn't assume too much might be good to check in with them and say, hey, you know, it seems like you might be feeling and name the feeling because maybe that's what you're feeling. And if they can relate, they go, yeah, exactly. That's how I'm feeling. And that space right there, they feel really like you understood and got them. So that's a good place, a good way to use emotions to actually strengthen bonds and relationships with people and to relate in much a much deeper level than just what we can relate uh, intellectually with people. And in my journey, I've had places where I've had a chance to practice this. And practicing empathy is a, is a great way to learn how to become more empathetic. And uh, I find that when someone is having an emotional experience, uh, I can be empathetic. But for me, in my journey, at least where I'm at right now, empathy doesn't just happen automatically. I have to make myself open and and just let my emotions go where they want to go and not shut them down and to not just go in my head and try to analyze what's going on, but to really just sit and be with and just see what emotions might be coming in me as they're, experience, as they're sharing their experience and their emotions. I'm not always able to do that, but when I do that, I'm much more likely and just being open that way helps me to experience some emotions in myself, and then I get a chance to check in. You know, how are you feeling? It seems like you might be feeling this way or that way. And I'm discovering frequently they say, yeah, that that is what I'm feeling. In my journey, one of the hardest emotions for me to really embrace has been anger. Uh, When I was growing up, anger was was expressed a lot when I was in the younger years, and and I did not like to be on the receiving end of that. And I think a part of me maybe even made a vow to not ever be that kind of person. And so for me, expressing anger can feel like, oh, I'm not supposed to be feeling this. And uh, But even anger really isn't bad. It's just information. And uh, the way I process anger oftentimes and things I'm working on is uh, my typical thing is I'm angry and the anger is not okay. And so now I'm angry at myself for being angry. Holy cow. (laughs) And that makes that pretty hard. Um, But uh, anger is often layered on top of other things. So anger usually is a secondary emotion. And usually it's on top of some kind of hurt. 
So for me, if I can find out what is the hurt going on underneath the anger, then I can address the hurt, and then I don't need to be angry anymore. But that's still an emotion I'm still working on being okay with. And uh, that's, that one is a little bit harder for me. You might have a specific emotion that might be harder for you to experience. Maybe you've, you're in judgment of yourself when you have those kinds of emotions. Um, but uh, anger can be protective. You know, when we're angry at something, it protects us. So we don't go back for more of whatever that was. So we get to stay away. I've learned that some emotions, while the emotion itself is not bad, we can, we can work with them in a way that is not so helpful. And one of the, the ways we can really not use emotions well is when we fixate on the emotion. So this is where someone might come to the conclusion emotions are bad because they see people fixating on an emotion and they, they dwell on the emotion and play the scene over and over again. And so they get angrier and angrier or they're feeling more and more hurt, whatever it is. And in that space, that is not a great way to experience emotions. And we will talk about this some more right after the break. The Home Show is back. Listen every Friday morning at 11 for home improvement tips, local events, entertainment, and so much more. Join Terry Knight as he brings in experts in the home improvement field and real estate industry every Friday at 11. Before you make your next home improvement, be sure to listen to The Home Show to get tips, recommendations, and find out how to get the best deals. Find Terry on Facebook at The Home Show with Terry Knight and pose your questions and recommendations. Then listen Friday mornings at 11 to The Home Show with Terry Knight, sponsored by Five Star Restoration and Construction. I'm Craig Ashton of the Injury Law Firm of Ashton & Price. Insurance companies perform a very valuable service, but bottom line, they want to keep their money. When you retain Ashton & Price, you will always be greeted by a real-life person. You always meet with an experienced attorney. We will collect all relevant evidence, and we will introduce you to the best doctors in the region. And we deal with the insurance companies, so you can focus on the most important thing, getting back your health. There is never a fee until you win, so call Ashton & Price for a free consultation. Remember, for the best advice, don't think twice. Call Ashton & Price. Shawmark Anything Goes Carpets still have a special price this month at Waldo Bowers. You can choose from a variety of beautiful colors and patterns of this best-selling carpet. If it's tough enough to be in Epcot Center at Disney World, it's tough enough for your family. This carpet will retain its original appearance year after year. And rest assured, your purchase is backed by an industry-leading warranty. Waldo Bowers is featuring some new introductions. First is Hegeman by Norison Area Rugs, Wool or Blends, Broadloom or Custom, all are brilliantly beautiful. The second is Cortec Waterproof Luxury Vinyl Plank or Tile, all at Waldo Bowers Flooring Showroom at 2300 Broadway. Stop by to find the carpet for your home or business. Excellent customer service, professional installation, and affordable prices. Why would you go anywhere else? 0% financing is available on approved credit. Waldo Bowers. Join them on Facebook, online at waldobowersfloorcovering.com, or call 451-0114. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. Back in 1964, Congress passed and LBJ signed into law the Civil Rights Act. It was landmark legislation, hastening as it did the end of segregation, a dark era in our nation's history. Title VII of the Act prohibited employment discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, national origin, or sex. In our contemporary politics, there's an effort to redefine and reload what the word sex means. Is it something objective, grounded in biological realities, or is it simply what an individual says it is? ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom, is fighting a case in Michigan that could soon be before the nation's highest court based on exactly this. Can we take away the objective grounds of sex, male and female, without an act of Congress? The stakes in the law and the culture could not be higher. I'm Hugh Hewitt. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate program. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. It's Kyle from The Professional Voice. We are excited to announce the opening of our new Folsom location, and we are extending our grand opening special. New Folsom students, when you join for a year before September 30th, I will give you one week free a month for that first year. See website for details. 
Sacramento's fastest growing and best singing lessons and artist development studio in the area is now even bigger and better. Visit us at professionalvoiceonline.com to find out about one free week a month for a year and how you can become a member and part of one of our performance groups. Don't forget industry workshops and instrument lessons. Wait lists are starting for Folsom. Call us between now and September 30th and you will receive one free week a month for a year with one of our certified Folsom instructors. Who is the professional voice? We are your creative destination. Visit us today at professionalvoiceonline.com. Again, that's professionalvoiceonline.com. See website for details. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Move through your world, touching lives and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on Money 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. You are listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live a life rich in meaning and significance. Hey, welcome back to the Impact Hour. Today's show is on emotions. And if you're curious and would like to dive some more into this topic, uh, a lot of the content I've pulled today comes from uh, my wife, Rena. She has a, a website up called beandconnect.com. And on there, she has a series of videos that you can watch and uh, they have exercises. And it really dives in much more uh, that we can certainly do in one show uh, in one hour like this. So when we want to make an impact in the world, we want to make a difference we can do some things out in the world, but the deepest impacts, at least in my opinion, are the ones that we make when we're interacting with people. So when we're interacting with people, we can make a neutral impact or a positive impact or maybe even a negative impact by the way that we show up. And a huge part of that has to do with our emotional intelligence. How do we respond and react to the other person? Can we connect with the other person on an emotional level? Are we that kind of person that can really be with someone and help them have a breakthrough while we're there and hold space for that? Are we there to love on people regardless of how they're responding and reacting, all of their stuff that's going on inside them? When we can do that kind of thing with people, I feel like we can make a huge impact in the world as we change people's lives rather than just doing good in the world. And doing good certainly is not a bad thing. But I feel like when we get to a place, when we get higher emotional intelligence, we can really supercharge our impact. And that's why today we're talking about emotions. Just before the break, I was talking a little bit about you know when emotions are bad in a way. It's not that the emotion itself is bad, but the way we interact with the emotion, the way we respond to the emotion and treat it, uh, we can end up with something that's not quite as helpful uh, when we do that. So the first thing I mentioned just before the break is if we fixate on the emotion and we replay the scene over and over again, we start to amp our emotion up, we ramp that up. And uh, pretty soon it goes from just, you know, a little bit of anxiety to outright terror. Or we can go from just irritation to anger and resentment. That is when we're using emotions in a way that really are not so helpful and not so good. Um, so it is good to, to learn to experience emotions and to let it flow through and to pass on. That doesn't mean that the problem is solved necessarily, but we don't have to dwell on it. We can... Feel the emotion, experience it, let it flow through, and let it pass, and then come from a, a different kind of place when interacting with the person. Say, hey, that hurt. You know, let's talk about that or, you know, however you want to interact with that. 
Another place where using emotions is not so great is when we're making decisions. Now, that doesn't mean all emotions are not good when making decisions. That just means we have to be careful when we make decisions to be using the emotions the right way. So sometimes when we make a decision based on emotions, it's actually a good thing. Like when you're deciding to get married. I hope you decide to get married based on emotions. That this is not just an intellectual exercise that you're going through. Or, for instance, when you want to decide to buy a car. And that's actually a good example, and we can kind of walk through that in both places, both ways, when we use emotions in a not-so-great way and when we use emotions in a good way. So and I'll come back to the example in just a little bit here, uh, but when we are deciding in the moment based on emotions and it has side effects, like we are emphasizing our emotional experience in the short term at the expense of the long term, that's probably not a good way to make a decision. And so when making decisions based on emotions, it would be good to check to see, is this something that's going to hurt in the long term? Or is this just a short-term decision right now? Or is this really a decision that feels really good? So if we go back to the, the car example, you want to buy a car, you could buy your dream car and be up to your eyeballs in debt And then every time you get in that dream car, you can be feeling anxious. Uh, Maybe you can feel a little bit of shame because you feel like you made the wrong decision. And the experience of your dream car could be totally off and not what you really wanted when you bought that car. And, And then in addition, financially, maybe you're not doing so well off. So that would be a poor way to make an emotional decision. But if you bought that car and you could afford it and it wasn't – you didn't have to borrow against your retirement to get the car. You still had your kid's college fund funded and you bought that car and you just had a lot of fun in that car. And when you got in that car, when you're making a decision, it just felt good to get in that driver's seat. That's probably a good way to make a decision based on your emotions. Just know that whenever the emotion you're feeling is love, you almost always make a good decision. Where we're deciding from love, you can rarely make a bad decision from that space. So what happens when we stuff our emotions? I've got a lot of experience with that. So my coach says, a man who won't feel will inflict them on others. And I've experienced that. I've tried to hide my emotions, to stuff them, and I find they tend to leak out anyways. And they don't leak out in ways that I would like. They just slip out here and there. Sometimes, you know, I start making snide comments or I'll start using choice words. And sometimes it's not even like I'm trying to be witty or sarcastic. It just pops out because that's how I'm feeling. And even if I wanted to try to not let that out, let that slip. Somehow in my mind, it's just all right there dripping out. Not great. So when we stuff our emotions, in my experience for me, uh, it disconnects me from myself. So when I stuff my emotions, I distance myself from my emotions more and more and more. I get to a place where I'm really disconnected from myself. I can have emotions and not know what they are not know what to do with them, not know where they're coming from. It distances me from other people. I'm not able to connect with their emotions and their experience. And I get to store the emotions for them to pop out later on. Yay! (laughs) So one way to to look at that is it's kind of like maybe you have a bucket where you can hold emotions. So Maybe your emotions uh, won't always leak out. You can put it in the bucket and it goes in and like, oh, look, that worked. And then you put some more emotions in the bucket and and that there's still space for it in the bucket. So that's that's okay. But, uh, you know, maybe you're you're putting in a lot of uh, anger in there, a lot of uh, I don't know, it builds into resentment. And then eventually the bucket is full and no more can fit in and it starts leaking out. So. Sure, we can put some stuff in the bucket for a little bit, but if we don't empty that bucket, it's going to have an effect on us. And science has found that it can affect our health. When we are stressed out, when uh, 
we're not really, you know, just having lots of anxiety or lots of anger, lots of bitterness. That can end up with uh, with hormones in our bloodstream, and we can end up where we can start to get ill from it. And sure, it won't happen right away, but over time, that can really take its toll. So it's really good to learn to to manage our emotions and to feel our emotions. We don't really want to stuff them. It's all part of the human experience anyways. And so it would be good to go ahead and learn how to name the emotions and learn how to feel them and how to let them pass through your system. And we will talk more about this right after the break. If you want a life rich in meaning, if you want to make a difference, join John and Rena for the Impact Hour every Wednesday afternoon at 2 on oh, yeah. 105.5. Learn how to increase your life's impact. Unlock your potential and live with passion. It's all new. The Impact Hour with your hosts, John and Rena. Share your stories and become part of the journey. Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Money 105.5. Find John and Rena on Facebook at The Impact Hour. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 1055. Move through your world, touching lives, and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 1055. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. You're listening to the Impact Hour on Money 1055. Know your impact. Make it great. Hey, welcome back to the Impact Hour. Today we are talking about emotions. And we've talked a little bit about why it's important to have emotional intelligence. And we've talked a little bit about, you know, are emotions good? Are they bad? Are they neutral? And we've talked a little bit about what happens when we stuff our emotions. wanted to talk just a little bit before I go on to the next thing is what happens when we start to embrace our emotions. What does that even look like? And I found that to embrace emotions when, when I'm not in resistance to the emotion, I'm able to feel the emotion and the experience of the emotion is, is different. So... Sometimes when I'm feeling sad or hurt and I'm trying to talk, suddenly I can't because I've got these emotions going on. It feels tight in my throat. I can't find my voice. You know, my voice's pitch goes up and I can't talk. And I found that when I embrace the emotion, I'm, that doesn't happen. I can talk normally and still be experiencing the emotion. So the experience of the emotion is different when we embrace it and we can let it flow through. When I let it flow through and I'm not in resistance to it, uh, when I just say, okay, I'm just feeling this way and and it's okay that I am feeling this way, um, I find that the emotion can come and it passes through uh, much more quickly and I feel a lot more whole and free. I'm no longer worried about what people think and I can just have the emotion come up. I don't have to struggle so mightily to hold it all together all the time. If it's okay that I feel emotions, then I don't need to worry about what happens if they come up. I can let go of hurts and offenses as I let the emotions flow through and dissipate. I don't have to dwell on them. And I can connect more to myself. I'm more aware of what's going on in me if I'm not resisting my emotions when I'm embracing them. Um, and I'm better at being with someone else with their emotions. So if I've learned how to feel hurt and anxious and shame, and I see someone else experiencing something that looks like those emotions, I don't feel the need to shut it down right away. I can be with that person, and I can just let them experience their emotions, and I'm able to connect with them can connect with them on an emotional level, not just an intellectual level with them. So to connect with emotions, um, there are a couple of great resources that are available out there. There's probably a whole lot more than this, but I just wanted to mention a, a couple here. And one I mentioned earlier 
there's a website called beandconnect.com. That's B, B-E, and then and, and then connect, all jammed together, no underscores, nothing like that. Um, and in there, there is a series of seven videos. And in there, you can watch the videos. They have some exercises. Um, and it talks a little bit about emotions and emotional intelligence. It talks about some other things as well. Uh, but that's a great resource if you ever want to look into this in more detail. Another really great resource is a book called Emotional Intelligence 2.0. And in there, they talk about uh, a number of different things regarding emotional intelligence. And they talk about first level is identifying what's going on in ourselves. So what is going on in us? What are the emotions that we're having? Can we name them? Can we identify our emotions? Um, Are we able to manage our emotions? And yes, managing emotions is important. Sometimes we are in a situation or scenario where it's not appropriate to be, you know, having an outburst or some kind of emotional, uh, you know, in a business meeting, perhaps we don't want that to come out right away. Um, And so it would be good to hold off the emotion and then let it come out later. And the book talks about that. And then the other half of that is learning uh, to manage relationships from an emotional perspective. You know, when when we're relating to other people, are we able to determine what emotion they are feeling? Are we able to anticipate how they might feel if we'd say something or do something? That's all part of this emotional intelligence. One of the best things about that book is they have a whole series of exercises uh, to strengthen each area of this and this emotional intelligence. And uh, I know I'm working on a couple different levels. For me, just identifying emotions uh, is still kind of a big deal for me. I find that I can be experiencing something and I can't always name it. I feel like it's multiple layers. Maybe there's actually more than one emotion going on at the same time. And so, you know, maybe I'm feeling anxious and maybe I'm in judgment of myself for feeling anxious. And so I'm feeling maybe angry at myself and I'm anxious at the same time. What emotion is that? (laughs) Um, And so it's good for me to learn and, and for anyone wanting to increase emotional intelligence to be able to name what is the emotion that's being experienced. And so for me, I'm working on that. I have uh, something that I've set in place on my cell phone. It has a chime that goes off every hour. It goes beep. And at the beep, I'm supposed to stop and I'm supposed to check in. How am I feeling? Now, in that specific moment, I may not be feeling anything that I can identify. So in that in that one spot when it goes beep, I might look back over the last hour and what have I been feeling in the last hour. And the whole point for me is just to learn to name what is the emotion that I'm feeling. And sometimes it goes beep and I'm annoyed. This stupid alarm is interrupting me again and I'm feeling annoyed and hey, that's an emotion. I get to name it. I'm feeling annoyed right now just because I got interrupted by my own alarm. And so that's an exercise that I'm continuing to do to learn to name my emotions, uh, to identify them, and to figure out, you know, what are all the layers that are going on in there and to be able to to figure that out. And uh, if that's something that you would want to do, that would be helpful. I think, I think it would help for a lot of folks, you know, every hour or maybe twice a day or however frequently you want to just stop and go, okay, what am I feeling? Part of that, inside the Emotional Intelligence 2.0 book, they recommend having an emotions journal. So maybe when the alarm goes off, it's a good time to sit down and get out your little journal and write down what have you been feeling, kind of an emotions journal, however you want to work with that. The other thing that I've been working on a lot is practicing empathy. I was actually a little surprised when I was first able to do this. Um, I, I wasn't... I hadn't really experienced this a whole lot before, and uh, I'd just been in a space where I just decided that I was going to let myself feel whatever came up. And I wasn't really interested in necessarily where it was going to come from, but I just wanted to be in a space where if emotions were going to come up, I was just going to let them come up. And what I found was uh, when other people were sharing and they got emotional, then I would feel. And... Other folks would share, and then they would have emotions come up, and then I would feel. And I found that I was feeling and I was resonating with what they were feeling. And sometimes they would share, and 
I wouldn't feel anything at all. And I found that sometimes, even though it looks like emotions are on a person's face, they might not actually be feeling. And it's it's not that, you know, I'm just saying, oh, I didn't feel anything, so they must not also be feeling. I actually checked in with some some other folks and said, hey, I'm experiencing this thing, you know, a person's sharing and I'm feeling, and then another person's sharing and I'm feeling, and this person shared and I felt nothing. And the other person who I trusted, who was much more expert in this, said, yeah, that's because they actually weren't feeling either. And so it's a great way to practice empathy, to be able to see if you can feel what the other person is feeling. And like I mentioned before, it's possible, maybe even highly likely, that what you're feeling isn't exactly what they're feeling, that you're feeling yourself while they're feeling themselves, but there's some kind of a resonance there. If you wanted to be with somebody who was having a hard time and you were feeling while they were feeling and you wanted to connect with that, like I mentioned before, it would be good to check in with them because it's possible that what you're experiencing and what they're experiencing is not the same. But chances are pretty good they'll be pretty close. And so you can say, hey, that feels like that really hurts. Or it sounds like you might be feeling some shame around that. Or it looks like that really makes you angry. Or sometimes the person that you're talking to might not have a whole lot of emotional intelligence themselves. And you can reflect back. As I'm listening to your story, I'm feeling a tightness in my chest. I'm feeling you know, my shoulders tense up. And I'm feeling this thing in my gut. And it feels like you are really, and then fill in the blank, whatever the, whatever the emotion is. Maybe really angry or you're really, maybe there's a lot of shame around that or whatever, whatever is in the experience. And they might be able to look up and go, whoa. How do you know? And, and it's because you're feeling what they're feeling, and maybe they can't identify it, but maybe you could after you have some emotional intelligence around this. So just like I've said before, if we want to make a big impact on the world, it's important, I think, to have very high levels of emotional intelligence. And even in the business space, they found that emotional intelligence is a greater uh, significant, significant factor in people's success in the workplace than actual intelligence or skills. People like being around others who are emotionally intelligent. And so I really highly recommend, um, if you've not done anything like this, to go take some time and work on it. The good news is your emotional intelligence can be improved. It's not like in you know just your regular IQ a lot of people feel like our IQ is a fixed thing. You know, we can't really improve that too much. And maybe that's true or maybe not. But the good news is our emotional intelligence can be improved. And uh, really appreciate you listening today and kind of listening a little bit to my story on this. And we hope that you get out in the world and make a huge impact and make a difference. Thanks for listening. told you there's a wealth management firm that offers a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Think it doesn't exist? 